0: Today, I'm speaking with Lauren Dolly Duke. She is an author, an educator, a healer, an entrepreneur, and a community activist. And through her memoir, Shithouse, a memoir, she talks about her harrowing childhood experience and how she was able to overcome that trauma and how you could do that too. So enjoy. Make sure to grab the official Not Over Just Different Welcome Pack. It's filled with some of the best tools for inspiring your best life all absolutely free. Just go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to download yours now. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and welcome to Not Over Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real and candid conversations about everything from health, aging gracefully, relationships, relationships, and how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for this week. This week, uh, it promises to be uh, a very real, raw, uh, and inspiring podcast. Mm-hmm. I have with me today the author of the book called Shithouse, a memoir.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad you're like you're saying
0: it. Thank uh, you. Uh, um, don't you like it with the Australian accent? Ah, shithouse. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Please say it like that. <laughs> so I have Lauren Lauren Dolly Duke with me. How are you, Lauren?
1: <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. And um, it's so refreshing to hear you say the title because, you know, I'm just coming off of a news show and a radio show where they could not say the name of the book. So that was like, I was like, well, how is anyone going to find it? (laughs) But so thank you. We (laughs) can swear here. Great, We're allowed to swear. Uh, But, you
0: know, is shit really a bad word? I don't know. It's part of everyday vernacular these days, I think.
1: (laughs) It's all what you put into it. You know, it's like it's all the meaning that we've made behind these words. It just means messy. That's right.
0: Well, uh, so your memoir, uh, the recount of your life is... When, I mean, Messi doesn't even come close <laughs> <laughs> to, to your story, um, and uh, and I think even when even though my situation wasn't n- anywhere near yours, I can I think that by telling your story, there's a lot of us will be able to take nuggets and pieces from that and go, yeah, that, even though that wasn't my situation, um, I can see this situation with my parents or my relationship with my parents or how I felt about how they did step up, didn't step up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's a really important story to share. So we should just start with, you know, maybe a overview <laughs> of uh, yeah. the inspiration behind Shithouse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, just like everything else, it's a process and it was an evolution. And um, I, I, I got to a place in about 2015. Yep, seven years. So, right about now in 2015, I had been um, struggling with symptoms from PTSD. I was having a variety of health issues, lots of stomach issues, um, you know, stress. And there was just a lot in my body that needed to come out. And I love writing. I always knew that since I was a teenager that I would write this book. And, um, I just got to a place where I really, the motivation was like self-inquiry, like, Oh God, if I don't get this out of me and figure out what is happening to me, I don't know that I'm going to survive. And also my PTSD symptoms were so bad that, my life felt really crazy, really chaotic, and completely intolerable. I couldn't drive a car anymore. It had gotten very, very small and contracted and controlled in my world. Um, anyone who's struggling with trauma, which most of the general, most of the population is struggling with trauma, you know, some dysfunction of the nervous system um, would would also agree with that. That you know, when you have this sort of thing going on, your reality gets really small. So um in an effort to get better i just started to write and as i was writing i started to feel better and it was catharsis and i was it was like solving this unsolvable riddle and all of a sudden things started to make more sense to me i was kind of excavating all of this like old stuff which was also quite challenging um but luckily i have an amazing support system and i was going through therapy simultaneously and as I was doing this, and again, I had all of these like puzzle pieces in the right spot with me at this time um, and and had the support to help me make sense of my story uh, but yeah, like through that through the inquiry of it, I started to feel better and I also started to discover all sorts of things about my family members, about my mother, my father, uh their mothers, their fathers, and I began to recognize that, wow, this this isn't even the things that I've done that I was feeling so ashamed of isn't even my fault. This came from my parents and it's actually not even their fault. It came from their parents. And that's, that's the transgenerational trauma piece. You know, sometimes we look at that word trauma or or generational trauma and it seems like such a big, scary word, but it's actually not. It's like the things that we, that have happened to us and the things that we've learned and we believed have been really passed down to us by our parents without them even recognizing they're doing it. They don't even have an awareness that they're doing it. Right. Um, that's why I always say it's inevitable that you'll fuck up your children. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but through that process, I really recognize, like, oh my gosh, these these people are just human. They're just imperfect. They're fallible, and. I can't be mad at them anymore. And that is when I really recognized I need to share this book because so many people are struggling with what I'm struggling with, which is something doesn't make sense. Something is inside of them that feels unbearable, but they're afraid to go near it. And it wreaks havoc all over their life. And um, there is a way it's not just, you know, my path was writing and yoga, but there's all sorts of things that people can do to kind of release the pressure pressure valve on, on their bodies, because our stories are like asking to be told through our symptoms, essentially. Right. Right.
0: Well, you know, with a lot of the work that I do with Mind Movies and with our community, and actually one of my coaching calls this morning was specifically talking about this, so it's interesting that we're having this conversation, um, is that, you know, we can look at some of our behaviours, some of our trauma, some of, you know, patterns and things that are showing up for us, and it's easy for us to go, yeah, well, I had a shitty childhood and, you know, so I can see why this is why this is happening. But it's kind of, we have to excavate a little deeper than that. So, what was your process of being able to go, "Well, yeah, I do this because this is modeled by my parents or because of these events that happened in my life." But then, how did you get underneath that to really get to a place of healing?
1: Yeah, um so the writing process is also really it's complex and it's interesting. and um, and so, as I started to dig, and this is the fascinating thing about how um your brain works as well, You, one thing will lead to another thing. And so we, our bodies have this really remarkable and intelligent way of storing information inside of us that and compartmentalizing it. So that way we don't need to look at it. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. Because it's right. all there. It's literally just dissociated and hidden. And this is also why people get these like mysterious diseases, and because there is shit living inside of you that has like been lodged somewhere. And so when I started to go near one thing, I started to remember lots of other things. And that's how memory goes. It's like, it, it, it's almost like a domino effect. Like one thing tapped, another thing tapped, another thing tapped, another thing. And it was incredibly re-traumatizing. So, um, as I was going through this process, I had to get a team in place for me. And so I was going through um, EMD, EMDR therapy at the same time. So I was going through trauma therapy. Um, and I had, uh, I was going through I had a a trauma therapist, an SE therapist, a massage therapist, a rolfer, a cranial sacral therapist. I mean, like I had a whole social matrix of people that were here to support me along the journey because I couldn't have done this alone because what I was going through and what I was tapping into and uncovering, um, like I said, it was re-traumatizing. I had one Um, one experience where, you know, I was getting into the writing and I was actually up in Ojai and I started having a panic attack. And I was like, we need to go back to Encinitas because that was my, still my main home at the time. And I, I couldn't even be out in public. And this, at this time, my therapist said, you need to stop writing and you need to stop doing therapy and you need to integrate what you've uncovered. Right. And we don't need to dig any deeper right now. We don't need to do any more work right now. All we need to do is integrate and process and metabolize just piece by piece, you know, like eating a cake. You don't eat the whole cake at once. You eat the cake piece by piece. And so um, that's why this memoir took me seven years to write it, because I also had to things take the time they take. And that is what it takes to really do deep work is it takes time and it takes a network of people who are going to stand by you and support you as you go through this process and you get shitty because you do get shitty. Like I was a fucking asshole at times, you know, but that's because I, I didn't have any space for anyone or anything else. I was just going through my own process of like uncovering all these things that happened to me and then having to go through the process of grief and acceptance and like, Oh, there's just, there's so much, um, but it's worth it (laughs) because on the other side of it, I can drive my car. I can be in, um, you know, loud, loud environments. I can go to concerts, like all these things that literally 10 years ago, I could not do.
0: Right. And now it is interesting how we can have these, you know, traumas or experiences, but they do get stored in the body. Yeah. You know, so what were some of the, uh, the symptoms that were, that were showing up for you?
1: Yeah. So this is interesting because this is my work now. I, um, have done the SE training, the somatic experiencing training. And so you know, the, the things that happen to us, they actually do happen to a body. And so all of my SE trainings, um, I'll get to your question in a second, but yeah. all of my SE trainings were so fascinating because they all had, I did them um, I, I did all these different cohorts because it was during COVID. And so I got this um opportunity to do them kind of internationally and around the country and study with different people. In every training, 99% of the people on these trainings were psychotherapists because they're recognized that the cognitive behavioral therapy that they're doing, it's not enough. Right. It is going through the content of a story over and over again without addressing where it actually lives, which is inside the body is just re-traumatizing people. Right. That is why all of these therapists are all turning towards the body and understanding what trauma really is, which is a dysfunction of the nervous system. Um, so, okay, how is it manifesting for me, my nervous system? not being regulated. Um I had hemorrhoids which that's a scary thing. Uh, I don't even need to get into it but so many people that tell me that they're going through this I'm like yeah nervous system dysfunction. Like we're living in a culture of people who have dysfunctional nervous systems essentially, <laughs> you know. But calling it trauma and not really understanding what it is. Um and I was really sensitive to light. I was having irritable bowel syndrome. Um I couldn't drive a car. I was having chronic panic attacks uh, and freezing and other situations and fainting, passing out. I mean, literally my nervous system was so dysregulated that I couldn't, I couldn't live my life. You know, not only was I having these kind of like mental, um, breakdowns, they, they were working on a continuum with my body. And I was having so many physical symptoms that you could literally see it in my face. Like my face was like scrunched up because I had become so sensitive to everything from having this, you know, dysregulated nervous system that I couldn't even be a like in Whole Foods that had bright lights because it it was triggering for me. It was, I, I was um in a very reactionary state. Right, you know? yeah.
0: So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend that you purchase the book. It's called Shithouse, a memoir. Uh, and you'll get to see, I don't want to call them highlights. Let's call them lowlights
1: <laughs> 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 of events that you went
0: through as a child um, and which were just harrowing, like, I, you know, For and, and I suppose I want to ask like, you know, cause you're doing this work. And I think for a lot of people when they go, okay, I have to look at, you know, for me, it was my mother leaving when I was three. And for the longest time, I'm like, that didn't affect me. I don't even remember it. Like, let's look oh, at my yeah. stepmother. She messed me up. Let's, let's just look at her. Like Let's blame her for everything. Um, because I think what my whole nervous system and everything was like, I don't want to experience that the way that I did when I was three. That's yeah. what scares the poop out of you. You're like, I I don't, if I go there, I don't know if I can ever come back.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Well, the interesting thing about, um, S E work, somatic experiencing work is it's not necessarily, um, we're trained to basically be expert, um, readers of a nervous system so like i can look at someone and see so much that they don't even understand in themselves because i understand what a nervous system does and how the way that it regulates it could be the way your skin flushes it could be the way your eyes dilate it could be what's happening with the striated muscles of your neck and face like i can see your pulse and you, i mean it's just so many things that i can see that you can't see Um, so what we're, we don't, we're not necessarily so interested in the content of story because content of story that people are replaying out again, it triggers, whatever could be sympathetic, could be freeze response, parasympathetic in the nervous system. Um, but the cool thing about SE is we are just basically trained to finesse a nervous system back to baseline without getting into the content of a story. And wow. so that's why I think that, that that the work is so powerful. But you should work with someone either who it, it isn't a psychotherapist, like either use a psychotherapist who also understands SE work because that person is trained in a bunch of different areas or get yourself the most badass SE practitioner ever, because I do think it's really important to not only understand the psychology of what's happening, but also the physiology of what's happening. So I think, I think, you know, it's important to, to have both, but you're going to go near, um, when your system is basically, uh, triggered, it starts to play out all these different ways to protect you. And then you don't want to go near, you know, that feeling, but if you have a support system and that's what I really did, like you can do it a little at a time. And that's why I was talking about like eating the cake. Um, you know, a little at a time. And the process in SE, that's one of the most, um, or a, a word in SE that's one of the most important words is called titration. And titration is a chemistry term. And it literally means a little at a time. Right. You know, it's like putting oil in water. It's like you just see it drip down just a little at a time.
0: So when you say a little at a time, are you talking about uncovering a little bit at a time or healing a little bit at a time? You know, Yeah. So
1: uncovering usually is the precipice to, to healing and processing. So like the first, the first, you know, uh, landmark would be awareness. And yeah. So like, if we see, if I, if, if me and you are having a conversation and all of a sudden you start talking about something And you don't realize that you're getting close to it, but I can see because you start waving your hands or you have fists, which is a fight response. And you're like, and then like, I will stop it right there. And then we will wait and work together and try to finesse the nervous system back down to baseline pause. What are you feeling? What? And we just work with the sensations in the body without necessarily like sometimes just Um, Like pulling the nervous system, kind of siphoning the energy back down to baseline where it's never been will prevent that person from continuing to go through that spiraled cycle. It's just like they're stuck up here because they haven't been able what goes up in this situation in terms of our physiology, what goes up needs to come back down. Right. If it's up, you're just going to be in a constant state of like irritation and, you know, yeah. repeating things. And the those,
0: same thing. those loops can last for
1: years, like years and <laughs> years, a lifetime that we don't even aware of. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah. Um, what struck me a lot about your, uh, your story, and, and I mean, the story, like I said, please read the book because it's, you know, it is quite harrowing. Is the place, how, how much did forgiveness play a role in your healing?
1: uh, (laughs) 99.9%. Like I almost want to say 100%, but, um, but I don't know, maybe I'm missing something there. Maybe it is 100%, but it is a lot, you know, it it played a huge role because I was, I wanted to blame people. And what I really recognized through the process of this book is that the resolutions that I was wanting are inside of me. Because I can't force anyone to come to the same conclusions as me. What I have to see is them for their humanity and their, you know, imperfections and be okay with where they're at rather than trying to force them to be where I'm at. So that's one thing I really have shifted is like, I don't, you know, I was just with my family for a week at Christmas and everyone besides my sister, really, um, she's kind of on the same path as us, but uh, everyone else is just living in a whole different world than I live. You know, it's, it's fast, it's crazy, it's loud, it's mean, it's violent. There's a lot of alcoholism there. It's just like full pandemonium all the time. And that, for someone like me, it's, I don't, it's toxic, you know, to be in that every single day. But I just kept reminding myself, I need to meet them where they're at. I need to be like, I can't. And we have this expectation because we're so biological as human beings, you know, we're really selfish. We just want what we want all the time. We want to be taken care of. We want to feel good. We want to have pleasure. We want to eat. We want to shit. We want to whatever we want to do. And, and so oftentimes what that means is that we want other people to meet us where we're at. And I think that's why we're, we suffer so much, you know, rather than being compassionate to other people's experiences, we're you know mad that they're not confirming our existence in the world, you yes. know? So I do really think um, when you don't forgive people, when you're angry at people, when there's rage, when there's resentment, I think it, it makes, it's toxic. It creates a really toxic inner ecosystem that keeps you in prison.
0: Right. So how do you forgive the unforgivable?
1: How do you get to that place? Um, I got to that place through writing the book. Because when I was able to look at, I don't want to get into, you know, the history of my mother and the history of my father, but when I could see them in the bigger, um, kind of sociological matrix and, and their histories, I saw that they really had been through the same thing and they didn't have, uh, they were doing to me what they had been through. Right. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And, um, because I understand so much about psychology and the mind body system. Now I understood how wounded they were. And I feel really grateful that I'm not in that place and that I can be the one that breaks that cycle and doesn't pass it on to the next generation. Um, but that is really how you do it. You have to see the bigger picture of where, these people fit into the order of things and how, like, they weren't just born like this. They were made like this. And this is like how my husband is always, he thinks I'm so crazy because I love watching like Ted Bundy documentaries, like serial killer documentaries, because there's so much psychosis and neurosis in my family that when I really can get to the heart and soul of what happened to these people, they make so much more sense in the context of their histories. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I remember having the realization,
0: like, like one of eight kids, <clears throat> and, you know, uh, uh, my mother and I, well, my stepmother and I, I should say, she's really my mother, but, um, you know, we did not see eye to eye. We had a very, you know, antagonistic relationship growing up. Um, and you know, and when I left home, I, my, everything I did was to stick it to my mother. <laughs> like I can survive without you. I can, I can f- flourish without you. And then, uh, I was listening to some, you know, motivational cassettes, which shows how old I am. Uh, <laughs> and I had this realization. What's a cassette? Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I had this realization. I'm like, oh my God, like both my mom and dad were doing the best that they possibly could yeah everything that's it. that they had. You know, that is it everything that she did, even though I didn't agree with it because I was going because it was all punishments and things when I was a kid, of course, I didn't agree with it. when I was a kid, I was bucking the system. But she did it out of love, and she did it because she was trying to save me from myself. and and honestly, if it wasn't for her, I would have definitely been caught up in the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things. you know yeah. she she saved me from a lot of that. So uh, I was able to get to that place of being grateful. But one of the most powerful uh, exercises I've ever done is write a letter to the 12-year-old version of my parents. Yeah. Because it puts you in a place of, wow, like this is what you had to deal with. No wonder you have these particular behavior traits or these ideas or that you're just on autopilot, like a lot of us are. So uh, when you can get to that place of like compassion and understanding, it's like, okay, now I can release this for myself. Okay, I want to pause for a moment to ask you this. When it comes to tackling important tasks, do you often find yourself putting them off until the last minute? Do you often feel stressed and overwhelmed by what you should be doing and totally give up altogether? Are you constantly spinning in unproductive mental loops well, if you can relate, my good friend and mind expert, John Asraf and I are teaming up for a special online training where we'll show you exactly how to rewire your brain to eliminate the self-sabotaging patterns that are keeping you stuck right now. So if you're ready to replace procrastination with productivity and success and fulfillment, then head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash masterclass to claim your free ticket.
1: And I think... Um you know, another piece of all of, you know, the healing work that I think is really essential is doing inner child work and really Mm -hmm. seeing everyone as an inner child, like, because that's what everyone is. Everyone is just basically like a pissed off six-year-old, you know, and when you're, (laughs) when that is manifesting out as as an adult, whatever it is, it's like, that that's, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's still your inner kid. You might look different on the outside. You may have had a child, you may have, you know, had like a lot of life experience, but you're still just, you know, this like kid that wants what they want when they want it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like, I look at my mom and, and I, see everything that she didn't have and all the ways that i mean she she did it wrong okay like but it's all she knew how to do and 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 i wouldn't take like sometimes people read my story or they hear anything about my life and they're like oh my god i'm so sorry i am not sorry i have done and been through so many hard things that i can do anything like i I feel kind of unstoppable, which my husband thinks is insane. Like he would, it's a, it's like an amazing quality of mine. And also it's kind of of slightly scary as well, but I wouldn't take any of it back. Like all, everything that I went through, it built me, it built me being able to write this book and being able to lead for others and being able to start my business and build my business and grow my business. And also self promote, like a lot of people have a really hard time with that. But because of what I've been through, like, I know I have something to share. And I'm, I am a relentless self promoter, I'm going to keep doing it because I have a message, like my message is a movement. And that movement really is like, if you take a deep, hard look at your life, and you can look at kind of the whole complexity of things and the whole cosmology of things. You're gonna understand yourself more. And when you understand yourself more, it will help kind of guide you where you need to go rather than being someone who's a victim of your circumstance. You're not. You're a legend, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: But you know, and that's the thing, being able to look at our experience, like the same thing for me. Like, you know, what I went through in my childhood taught me resilience and yep, independence and, and, strength that's what and courage, like, you know, um, which is, you know, and it depending on. How, what you believe. Um, but one of my beliefs is I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe that we, you know, that we, we, we come back in again and that we choose our parents. Now yeah. I struggled with that for a while. Cause I'm like, wait, my mother left when I was three, how did I choose her? But you know, when you kind of, you know, like you were saying before, you become the observer and you sit back and you're looking at it from the 30 foot view of all the pieces that go in and not just what's happening in this lifetime, but what's happening in previous generations then it helps you to understand that, yeah, you know, this is, this is what, I, what this was the, this, I kind of chose this. So yeah. do you feel because of the experience that you had that you're now getting to live your purpose or live your mission?
1: I mean, yes. for sh- Yes. Um, something, yeah. something. I mean, it's interesting because the more I learn, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know shit. And, you know, I've, I've studied a lot of Buddhism and I've studied a lot of yoga philosophy and, and, and I, I'm, I'm not even really sure where I land on the spectrum of like, do we come back? You know, I don't really know. Um, But I, something good happened for me that put me I feel really grateful. I found an amazing partner. I'm, I have the best dog. Like I just feel like I'm living my dream life and I wouldn't take any of it back. And, and I, there is some sort of divine intervention that put me here to write this book because, you know, so many people have been, they're like, Oh, and this quote. And I'm like, where did that come from? And they're like, it's from your book. I'm like, Oh, I don't even, because you know what I mean? Like it, I, I, it just feels like it came through me. Like this is definitely my destiny, my purpose. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I do know that, you know, it needs to be living in the world because it's not just my story. It's our, all of our story. You know, exactly. we are shitty, messy, shithouse people. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I can't remember what the saying is. And I don't, I, I think it was Cheryl Stray, but it's something like, you know, life will make you like dirty and, you know, honest and ultimately free because it is, it's like, so many things happen to us and some of them are dreadful and some of them are joyful and, and, and they, and they make us, you know, and hopefully like, I don't know what we're doing to our current generation because I feel like we're all trying to make up with our kids for what happened to us. And so we're coddling them and I'm afraid actually for, I don't know how that's going to affect the next generation because I don't know. I, 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 call it the corporal punishment that I experienced growing up or like my rough childhood, but I can get through things. Whereas like, I know some people whose kids had very entitled upbringings and they haven't really been through anything and everything was handed to them and life is really hard for them. So, you know, everyone needs to be like slapped around a little and go through some rough shit to be able to make it out on the other side. I mean, it's the Phoenix rising, you know, here we are. Exactly. So, um,
0: what I love about this conversation is the place of evolution that you've got to, or the the place of awareness that you've got to. Because uh, like we said earlier, like a lot of people, you know, they had a terrible childhood, so they play the blame game. When we're blaming someone outside of us, we have no power to do anything about it. Um, And so when we can, you know, understand, have this, you know, this awareness, this knowing, um, and then be able to get to a place of forgiveness, um, it frees us in a way that, that. You 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 can't even imagine until you get there. Um, so thank you for yes. for this. Thing. And 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 I love it because it's your memoir is not just a um, a way for you to talk about yourself. This is you're you're peppering in there all of the realizations, the awareness, and the lessons, and the everything that is going to help thousands upon thousands of people. Um, so I'm I'm loving all of that. So you know you do work with people. How do you work with people, and how can people reach out to you?
1: Um yeah, so right now I own um, Gather Encinitas. So people can, you know, check out Gather Encinitas on Instagram or they can go to the website www.gatherencinitas.com. Um I I teach yoga still and I uh, help facilitate writing classes for people who are wanting to write their stories or, you know, use writing to heal or uh, write memoirs and I'm going to be doing more of that. Um I still am teaching yoga and I basically I I teach yoga as a way to kind of like secretly pepper in all of my SE training because yoga is a very um, trendy like it's it's an easy something to walk into because everyone yoga is everywhere, you know, it's a huge industry. Um, and, but if I told people I wanted them to come to my somatic experiencing workshop, like I'd get like one person in there, you know? So (laughs) I have been using yoga as a template to really educate people on the nervous system. And, um, and, and so that's how I've been working with people. I am hoping that all the things that I've been doing are really setting me up for my next book, which I think one of my gifts is being able to take information and really um, take hard to understand information, distill it down in a way that feels really practical. And so I, I am hoping that my next book, and I kind of been working on it, but it's not quite clear yet is going to be on nervous system responses, you know, and how to heal nervous system dysfunction on your own. Um, and what that is, you know, and it's the same thing with the memoir. It's like, I I don't know. Sometimes when you go to like a doctor, or you go, you read like a self-help book, some of the information just feels either too out there or too um like academic, like academia. And then people can't really sink it in. But I think because of where I come from and the language that I've used growing up and and the the uh, outlook of the people that I grew up around. Like I try to take, keep all of that in mind when I'm talking to my audience, because I really want to reach a global audience and not just like a small audience and share people, share with people, like, how do we heal our bodies? And this is not some cosmic shit. This is just practical. Like we're all living in this constant state of we basically live in a traumatized state. How can we become aware of that? How can we educate our ourselves our minds and our bodies to unravel that
0: yeah i love that well darling uh lauren thank you so much for your time today it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and like i said i encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast to uh to purchase the book shit house a memoir
1: (laughs) (laughs) say it like you said earlier shit (laughs) (laughs) house yeah i like that um thank you so much for having me on this was so fun i love this conversation
0: Thanks for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, remember, new episodes are released every Monday morning and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. And don't forget to grab your official Not Over Just Different welcome pack. It includes some of the best tools for inspiring your best life, all completely free. Head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to grab yours today. Until next time, remember, it's not over, just different.